Hello and welcome to Just a Guy and His Journey Back to God. Today we're in 1 Peter 3, but before we get started, let's go ahead and uh, open with prayer. Father, I thank you for this day and I thank you for this time. I thank you for the many blessings. I'm grateful, Holy Spirit, for the way you lead and you teach. And I just thank you for putting on my heart when I'm wrong, when I'm right. Generally, it's more when I'm wrong. (laughs) but I'm grateful for your guidance. And I'm more grateful that you give me the strength to actually take the right steps. So Father, today I just lift up this time, I lift up this reading. I pray you'd be honored and glorified and that you would, your voice would be what we hear. Your Holy Spirit, that you would guide this conversation, guide this time. May it be your message, may it be your voice may be your will and your wisdom. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. So we're in 1 Peter 3, and it's interesting. There's not a lot in sermons. In fact, Spurgeon only spoke, only had three sermons on Peter 3, and um, or 1 Peter 3. And so, and Tozer really had only a couple of things and it was from later verses later in the in the in the verses so when i'm going through this i thought i would since this is about my journey a little bit i figured i would share a little bit of what's been going on and you know today was just an interesting day so far i mean it's still just the well it's noon um but i've been working and i've been on linkedin And I have a couple of friends who are pretty, pretty outspoken about their faith on LinkedIn. And what I saw today was someone else, not one of the people I normally follow or talk about, posting out there about John MacArthur. Now, John MacArthur, I used his commentary for reading through Revelations. And I know of John MacArthur. I've sat in his church when I was a younger person in Southern California. And I respect him. And, but this person was posting out there about John MacArthur as a false teacher. And I'm, number one, I'm thinking, why are you doing that on LinkedIn? It's a business group. It's not for all of this, although there is a lot of, you know, it's become more of a social media thing. But anyways, so he's posting out there. And I just had to go back to thinking about, you know, and his thought was that John MacArthur says you can't lose your salvation that you can't out sin grace. And I actually agree with that. But my thought also was, why are we putting that out there about someone? And my buddy responds, I don't agree with his response. Um, But the reality is, is why are we even doing this as brothers and sisters in Christ? Why are we throwing this garbage out there? And then, and so I started getting sanctimonious. But then I thought about, (laughs) I just had a conversation earlier in the morning with someone, one of the vice presidents, presidents of our HOA, and it got heated and I was a jerk. So I'm like, oh my gosh, here I am being sanctimonious about this guy. And I was just a jerk. I raised my voice. I got pretty pissed off. I felt like he started it, but regardless, it's irrelevant because I'm not supposed to do that. So I felt very bad about it. 
And I sent him a message because I was on calls. I couldn't stop. But I felt bad, so I sent him a quick email and just apologized. Again, I felt like he, he was the one who began the negative approach, but I certainly picked it up and finished it. And it brings me back to, and the whole reason for all of this is, the, the reason for this journey, why do we pray every day? Why do we read and get together and read every single day? It's for moments like this. Because I had just read in First Peter 2, and I'm planning on, I was planning on reading this anyways, and just give us kind of a reset of where we were before we get into three. But verse 23, it talks about, when they hurled their insults at him, he did not retaliate. When he suffered, he made no threats. Instead, he entrusted himself to him who judges justly. He himself bore our sins in his body on the cross so that we might die to sins and live for righteousness. By his wounds, we have been healed. For you were like sheep going astray, but now you have returned to the shepherd and overseer of your souls. Well, needless to say, this guy felt very convicted. <laughs> um, because I, I did hurl, I didn't hurl insults, but I did hurl tone and attitude. And it wasn't good. So I just want to confess that out there and throw it out there. And also just, you know, this is why I'm doing this, why we're, we're reading every day. This is our journey. This is my journey. I can't speak for you. But my journey is I'm not the sweetest person in the world. I've said it many times. I would have made a fabulous Pharisee because I'm very good at finding peop other people's faults in order to hide my own. But when I read on a daily basis, when I pray on a daily basis, he changes my heart. So with that, I just want to, why don't we get started in 1 Peter 3, verse 1. Wives, in the same way, submit yourselves to, to your own husbands, so that if any of them do not believe the word, they may be won over, without words by the behavior, but not without words, by the behavior of their wives, when they see the purity and reverence of your lives. So be the living example and that applies to all of us. It doesn't apply to just wives and women. It applies to me. I sure as the heck wasn't a good example. And then I actually talked to some coworkers afterwards. And I'm like, yeah, I, was, I caused this uproar. And then I thought about it. What an idiot you are. That's nothing to be proud about. So it's by your purity of your lives that you can win others over. Your beauty should not come from outward adornment such as elaborate hairstyles and the wearing of gold jewelry or fine clothes. Well, that's pretty different than today. Rather, it should be that of your inner self, the unfading beauty of a gentle and quiet spirit, which is of great worth in God's sight. For this is the way the holy women of the past, who put their hope in God, used to adorn themselves. They submitted themselves to their own husbands, like Sarah, who obeyed Abraham and called him her Lord. You are her daughters if you do what is right and do not give way to fear. So I think about this and where's my, where's my attractiveness come from? Is it because I work out? Is it because I'm fortunate? I was blessed with, with, uh, genes. Was it because I wasn't blessed with genes? Is it my sense of, is it my a sense of humor? What is it that makes me attractive? 
Well, the only thing that should make me attractive that I should strive for is my relationship with God. People seeing him in me should really be what makes me attractive. That's what should attract others to me. And trust me, I'm not that attractive right now. (laughs) Husbands, in the same way, be considerate as you live with your wives and treat them with respect as the weaker partner and as heirs with your great with heirs with you of the gracious gift of life so that nothing will hinder your prayers. So a lot of people don't like this, you know, our modern society, but the reality is it's like, Hey ladies, because again, just like today, most of the time, you know, often it's the ladies, it's the wives, it's the spouses who they go to church and the husband doesn't. They're like me and they'll go fish or they'll watch football, but the the wife goes. And so really it's like, Hey, you want to really show your beauty to, to your husband? Show him how your life has changed. And then you realize that back in the day, wives were basically chattel. They couldn't own stuff. They couldn't own land. They were basically the slaves. They were treated really pretty crappy. And here, God is saying, husbands, in the same way as what he just told the wives, be considerate as you live with your wives and treat them with respect. As the weaker partner, it's not in mental acuity, it's just generally it's a physical event, and as heirs with you, so equals, they're your heir of the gracious gift of life. That is a radical point of view between men and women. It is, once again, God is a radical liberal in his relationship with women and men. Verse 8. Finally, all of you be like-minded, be sympathetic, love one another, be compassionate and humble. Okay, I wasn't any of those things this morning. Do not repay evil with evil or insult with insult. So when I, I knew as soon as I was thinking, well, he started it. A, that's what I used to say when I was like five. And then here it is. Don't repay insult with insult. On the contrary, repay evil with blessing. Because to this you were called so that you may inherit a blessing. For whoever would love life and see good days must keep his tongue, their tongue from evil and their lips from deceitful speech. They must turn from evil and do good. They must seek peace and pursue it. For the eyes of the Lord are on the righteous, and his ears are attentive attentive to their prayers. But the face of the Lord is against those who do, do evil. So I rarely think of myself as righteous. But I also don't think of myself as evil. But I will say in this standard that was created, that was just described, yeah, that's kind of evil. Verse 13, who is going to harm you if you are eager to do good? But even if you should suffer what is right, you are blessed. Do not fear their threats. Do not be frightened. But in your hearts, revere Christ as Lord. Always be prepared to give an answer to everyone who asks you to give the reason for the hope that you have. But do this with gentleness and respect, keeping a clear conscience, so that those who speak maliciously against your good behavior in Christ may be ashamed of their slander. 
Yeah. Again, I don't sit here and think about my gentleness. I'm far from a gentle person. For it is better if for it is better if it is God's will to suffer for doing good than doing evil. Than for doing evil. For Christ also suffered once for sins, the righteousness the righteous for the unrighteous to bring you to God. He was put to death in the body but made alive in the spirit. After being made alive, he went and made proclamation to the imprisoned spirits. To those who were disobedient long ago when God waited patiently in the days of Noah while the ark was being built. In it only a few people, eight in all, were saved. Through water, and this water symbolizes baptism that now saves you also. Not the removal of dirt from the body, but the pledge of a clear conscience towards God. It saves you by the resurrection of Jesus Christ, who has gone into heaven and is at God's right hand with angels, authorities, and powers in submission to him. So what I really wanted to take from this is we are to be humble as Christ was humble. We are not to repay insult for insult. And Peter was writing to a church that was extremely persecuted. And he was saying, hey, even if you do suffer, keep in mind and keep in your heart Christ because he is there for you. That it's not right for you if you're being persecuted to persecute back. And I just think about in our days that we're living in right now, there kind of, there's some darkness out there. But we're not called to go out and riot and and do harm we're to be respectful and we're to to show Christ's love where he died on the cross he was righteous and he died for the unrighteous me so every day as I read this and go through this journey I get more and more convicted to be a better person not on my own because I fail every day I try and I just fail every day it's like okay I'm not going to swear all right, I'm not going to think this person's an idiot. Oh, I just did. Too bad. Too late. Um, I'm not going to do these things. Well, I fail when I do that. And really, the key point is keeping Christ in our heart, relying on the Holy Spirit to change us and give us the strength to do his will. So with that, I don't know. This is just what I was thinking about going through as I was going through my day so far. I hope I didn't ramble on too long for you. Let's just go and close with prayer. Father God, I thank you for this day. Holy Spirit, I thank you for convicting me. I thank you for leading me in these readings and helping me to understand what's there. And I pray most of all for your strength in applying your word to my life. That my heart would be softened. That my mind would be healed. And that my actions would demonstrate your love for others. Father, be with us. Be with our families. We love them so much. We just lift them up. I know there's a lot of trials going on. And I pray that we would comfort them. And we would be comforted by you. It's in Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Hey, thanks for joining me at Just a Guy and His Journey Back to God. I hope you have a great day.